going to keep my beer in my frocket. That's cool. You know, that's what frockets are for. For beers? Heck yeah. Um, so so what, what you're saying is we need more frockets in the world. Yeah, but like with a skinnier pouch right next to it. Well, what I want is I want a, I want a cinching strap so like no matter what size like bottle I have in there, like it's like loony bin of uh, loony bin of frockets. I want a loony bin of frockets. You want an adjustable strap? Yes. Yes. That's easy. Yeah, it's not hard. Okay. Okay. Velcro. I'm moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um, so you you're just talking about yeah my whole situation with my ex girlfriend. Ex girlfriend, but all, more specifically that y'all got a dog together mm -hmm. and then y'all got like you got to experience a dog for the first time yeah. in your life and then and then that was taken away from you yeah um through through breaking up and then moving out yeah um, and then i mean among other, and then among, just the repercussions yeah, from that among other things but there was a lot more to that situation but yes totally that's that's, that's basically the synopsis of what the situation was in, to a nutshell yeah yeah so so what, what is that experience like for you? It's, it's like a double-edged sword. And I mean, a lot of people will say that. And it's, I, 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 someone that hears that a lot, it's, it's one of those things that's like, it's kind of corny to say because everyone will say it. And I hope everyone will understand by saying it's double-edged well, double it, sword. But there's pros and cons to every situation. Yeah. But like, there's certain, there's a certain, I don't know if you know if that's the right word, hypocrisy to saying it's a double-edged sword because such a common saying, but it's it's a very big saying, you know. It I don't know if you get it, you get it, you know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, what I, I what I learned out of the whole situation, <laughs> sorry, I got the the beer burps right now, um, is that okay? Obviously, I mean, I've had cats most of my life. I grew up with cats. Like I grew up cat with since I was like ten, and I, she just recently died um, as of last year. Um, that was really hard to deal with. Here's the sign means that it lived until about 12 years old. Um, I mean, as much as I, I hated that cat sometimes because she was literally what cats are. Cats are assholes sometimes, you know. We love them or hate them, they're assholes. But, um, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I cried when that cat died. Like, it, it, it definitely tormented me and I tormented it when I was growing up. But I didn't know any better, you know. And, like, with getting a dog... It taught me the other side of having a pet. And it's like, a dog grows us so much quicker than a cat. Like, way quicker. Like, they get so much bigger, you know? And, I mean, there's a lot more of companionship there to, with, with a dog. Like, I mean, like, if someone comes to your house, like, the dog's going to bark, you know? The cat's just going to run in the room and just hide, you know? <laughs> like, it's just, it's nice because it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm down and I'm out, I can go for a walk with him or go do something with him, play fetch with him, and his energy is going to bring me up, you know? But within that, it, it definitely sucks because it's like one of those situations where you're like, is this worth um, your like your future to try to stay with this person and try to continue on with a uh, relationship to just stay for a single animal, you know, like someone that you, something you care about? And that's, that's hard because it's it's one of those things where it's like, do you want the the feeling of being with that more than do you want that animal to be happy? Because obviously he's not happy with 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 people fighting around him. I mean, he's been in a shelter most of his life, you know. Like I, I mean, think about it this way: if you, I hate to make this analogy, if you take a uh, a Jewish person from like the Nazi concentration camps, and I, it's a very very drastic analogy. It's an analogy, yeah, but. 
you're taking a, a Nazi from concentration camps and you're just like, hey, let's like, let's go to like a German like club, you know? They're gonna feel unweary about it, you know, because they've had that prior history. So obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cause more stress on this animal because it's already had enough stress and strife over its life. You know what I mean? Similar thing. It's like you're not gonna. You're not gonna take a, an abuse abuse victim to like a strip club because they're gonna obviously probably have some like feelings of relapse, you know. So like to connect it to yeah to like the real the real circumstance that actually went down was like you didn't want to create all this stress around this dog by you and and this girl like trying to make things work or maybe like yeah. just on it like. Making things work probably would just be fighting a lot. Um, like, I was around during that relationship, so I feel like I could say that fairly confidently. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, so <laughs> you had to, like, really... I had to basically make a decision, is my well-being and happiness better for me than the well-being of that animal and that being mm. being happy because obviously like not directly being abused but being a, in a shelter most of its life being locked up in a cage like just think about that man like think about being locked in a cage like it's like you're literally feel trapped you can't go anywhere you've got people literally looking at you like sea world <laughs> you know like that's not gonna that's not gonna be comfortable for you and obviously going to have some trauma. No, obviously, right? but yeah. there's going to be some traumas. You got to think about humility a little bit. Like they're they're still a living being. So I mean, it basically yeah. boils down to the question: Do I want to stay here and try to make make a life with this dog and still fight and have this dog have more stress than it that it than it uh, than it needed and like has already dealt with in its mm -hmm. whole life, or just cut your losses and leave because this dog needs to have a better life and that's where it really where, where it really boils down to for me because it's like do i want do i want the thought of this dog more than i want this dog to be happy you know and that sucks it's a really shitty decision to make but it, it kind of comes down to humility at that point you know you're like it's maybe not a shitty decision that make it's a decision to have to make it's like it's, it's shitty decision. to have to be in that position yeah but you've I think, I mean, personally, I think you killed it. And then, but don't, like, to kind of extrapolate that a little bit, like, don't you feel that the, maybe it's just me, but, like, I feel like a lot of life and just, like, our time kind of on this planet comes down to all of those, like, you know when everything kind of just tunnels and, like, oh, tunnels yeah. into one moment? It's like everything matters right now. Yeah. I or you don't like, want to fuck up. You or don't. Anything. You don't get a ton of those in life. Oh yeah. Obviously, they're important. Like it's it's when everything matters. You know, like everything just like something goes extremely wrong, and you like you gotta fix it. If you don't fix it, it's not like you you either go down this this bad rabbit hole or you go down a different rabbit hole. You don't know if the different rabbit hole is better good. necessarily, but. Um, but it's most likely better than the bad rabbit hole, right? Oh yeah, exactly. No, and that's something that um, if you're if you're a person of rational thinking, you can make that decision a lot a lot more conducently and a lot more educated. But I mean, not saying that someone that's not a rational thinker couldn't make that decision at all. I'm not trying to say that because that's 
that's very fucked because I'm I'm a rational person and like I don't think like other people and that's that's fine that's because I think the way I think and my own individualized person, but irrational thinker has to think about where where this is gonna go in six months where this is gonna go in a year where this is gonna go in three months you know. You got to think about uh, the long, long term. You got to think of long term, and that's a lot of like a lot of irrational thinking is in the moment. And I'm not gonna lie to you. Last couple months, I've I've really changed the way I've been thinking because it's like obviously a lot of people will have shitty situations. A lot of people, I mean, especially right now, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, look at that. Like, and it's not how you. Uh, Look at the situation. It's how you can, if you can dust yourself off in the situation and be like, okay, that just happened. Like, let's keep moving forward, because that's the most important thing to have. Because you'll be so much more successful if you can be like, okay, that just happened. That's gonna happen to everyone at some point, or if not even everyone at some point, it's happened to like twenty five percent of the nation. You know, and you think about like, okay, that's I'm not the only one that has this. So let's not feel sorry for yourself or try to seek people that feel sorry for me. You know, because that's life. But I, life has ups and downs. Yeah, but you don't, you don't like everyone doesn't necessarily get exposed to that. No, I, don't. I think like I think a big part of that is actually putting yourself out there. Obviously, like I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But there's also a, like a larger part to it where it's like, not everyone has that awareness. Not everyone no. is like conscious. Not everyone kind of. Like something as much as I hate to use like this the, cheesy word is not everyone is woke. And that's, no, that's a I hard think word I think use. woke has honestly lost its meaning you to a certain so? extent, personally. Um, but that's just from my perspective. I don't think woke is like I don't think you can even put a word on it. Like conscious is kind of you know it's it's in the ballpark but it's not there. Yeah. You don't like for me it's like you get it. But even that is like egotistical and elitist so it's like the way I explain it is just like when I'm aware of things like failure or neutral or success you know however you want to put it like when things happen Mm -hmm. if I'm aware during that time if I'm conscious then it happens Mm -hmm. and I'm like well what do I think of this like I literally just kind of maybe I ask myself post that thing happening um, yeah, and then it's like it's a bad thing. It's like okay, was this my fault? Yeah. If it wasn't, whose fault was it? Yeah. Do not put blame on them. Yeah. Learn from their mistake. Yep. Learn if you if you had anything to do with them failing, because yep. that that is also part of your failure. Yep. And then, and then like communicate all of that to them in an effective way that doesn't get them on the defensive. Which is like we talk about this all the time. It's no, like, yeah, I've I've got a question when I get off that tangent. Totally. Just, when yeah. it's like we talk about that all the time. It's like yeah. I'm gonna say something that you you may not love hearing. You may not hate hearing it either. But you probably don't. To, but you like need to hear it. you, it's something you need to hear, and you don't have to take it a hundred percent seriously. No. Yeah. But I also want you to take it with a grain of salt. I also want you to take it seriously. Oh yeah. And like those, like that's. Honestly, all we're talking about, all I'm tra- trying to like say is like open communication. Oh yeah. Like do that shit, like yeah. be open with that, but also 
the second part of that is like make new friends make, learn put yourself out there and learn, learn new things open yourself up to new oh, yeah. situations and that will kind of test whether what you do is good or not yeah it's like if you just work out on kettlebells You're and like and then you go hang out with people who like kettlebell but they also run and they also do like the yeah. hanging like the gymnastic rings yeah. and they have all this crazy strength that, that you don't because of what they do it's like do you say no y'all are just tripping yeah, I'm like, better or do you like you know quiet your ego and be like oh. put your nose to the grinding stone and get to their level and try to grind yeah no I completely agree yeah um, I was going to ask you um I mean, personally, as a person that has always been, like, an outcast, or at least I feel that way, um, I've always gravitated towards older, older people, um, mm-hmm. especially because, um, in, what, in it, what sense? I'm gravitated towards, like, like, I mean, when I was in middle school, I, I was a sixth grader, I was always hanging around the, like, eighth graders, so, like, two grades ahead of me, um, and it was subconscious, and I didn't even realize it until, like, years later, but it was one of those things where I was setting myself up for the future, you know? I I was subconsciously learning from those older people and learning from their mistakes because subsequent, subsequently I didn't want to make those mistakes myself. I have and a question I, for you then. Yeah, well, answer my question. Did you ever do that yourself as a as a little like a little kid? Yes. Okay. Cool. I figured. Yes, absolutely. I gravitated towards older people with more experience than mm-hmm. myself. And what I was going to ask you is why you did that, but I'm going to start with why I did that okay. because you asked your question. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that I did that is as a single child, which I know you grew up as a single child as well. And up recent, until recently, up, up until recently, you found out that you had a brother and he's born the, in, in 19, his 30s. 1979. He's in his yeah. 50s. So yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, and I'm, I'm going to interject something into that. I've always been an only child most of my life. And I've always been a child that I've wanted a sibling, and I've I've secretly felt like I'm not an only child, and I and I feel like that whole thing kind of just validated. And honestly, when my dad told me on my or on our like Father's Day birthday kind of get together, I was not surprised. I was not in shock, and I wasn't like, oh really? Like that's 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 funny. I, I took it with a grain of salt because I was just like I think partial part of me was like, oh, I was waiting for this news. I was waiting for this answer, you know. Like, I don't know. And I don't know, that that takes a lot of, I don't know, that takes a lot of time and thinking to get to that point of maturity to where you're accepting accepting of that that future, you know? Because if if you are one of the most unstable people in the world and you get told you, hey, you have a brother or a sister that you've never heard about and you're 21 years old, you're going to freak out. You're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? Where did this come from? But you kind of felt it? I, to, not to like no, make I, it feel all woo-woo. No, like, no. I, you I'm kind not, of subconscious, subconsciously no, felt it at a level. No, actually, I felt a release. I felt like, mm. okay, I feel, I feel like most of my childhood feeling of being alone and all that was false. And, it was, and I feel like it was. Interesting. I mean, as a person that's been on medicine for most of my life, that's, that's also another caveat that's... A rabbit hole, you know. We'll go down that. Path. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. But um, no, no, no. Too... Go ahead. Yeah, that that is. 
I mean, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. This is, like, the first time I've talked about, like, the whole feeling of that. But, I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Because, like, my dad, the second thing after he told me that was I was related to Brigham Young. Which, that honestly made me more frustrated than anything because of the, sh- the stuff that he's done in his past. Than actually having a brother not knowing about it, you know? Mm. Like, I was, like, I mean, I jokingly said to my dad. And my dad is a um, hardcore, like, left left-wing or right-wing Republican. Mm. And I'm obviously the opposite. You can gather what that is. That means. Um, and I, I, I told him, I was like, I could have done without knowing that, you know, like I could have done knowing I, I, I was related to the founder of Mormonism, you know, like, yeah, but also you're good, bro. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're also not like your past. Yeah. You're not your ancestors. Not, yeah, you're exactly. not, you're not any of that. You, it's part of you, absolutely, and it's something that you need to take into consideration yep. um, and, like, process and think about. Obviously, that's something that's, like, fresh with you. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, full confidence in who you are, bro. Yeah, and that's something that, like, I've struggled with my, my whole life. Like, I, I mean, and I think, like, most people struggle with this as well. Just being confident in your own skin. And I mean, I, I mean, we're about to go down this rabbit hole at some point tonight, but like, it all boils down to like, I've been on medicine for over a decade. Like, I was on medicine from like about the age of six or whenever you start kindergarten to the age of like almost 17. Mm. And recently my mom told me that the reason I was put on medicine was because of the school system. The school system basically bullied her into it. Like, it's like, if you want your kid to go here, you got to put them on some sort of prescription drugs because... He's crazy. He's, he's throwing rocks at teachers, just being a normal kid. And, like, that can be fixed real easy. Just tell me right from wrong. Don't numb me and put me on drugs. But within that, I feel like most of my life I was numbed. I mean, I was put on literally, you name it, I've been put on it. But a lot of the time I was put on, like, literal speed. Like, literal, like, stuff that is meant for people that are way overactive and way overactive in the brain. That wasn't me. I was just a very hyperactive kid, and they didn't know how to deal with that. And within that, I felt numb most of my life. So within a lot of my decisions up until recently, I have not been confident in making my own decisions. And that's a big reason I'm not confident. And it's because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I'm literally learning as I'm going right now. Because up until literally a decade ago... I was told to think in one way and given a drug and told to think in that way, you know? And whenever you get off that drug, you're like, oh shit, there's a completely different reality out there than this. Then literally going to high school every day or going to school every day, learning, memorizing what you need to do and just having that drug in your system so you're calm enough to not have like an outburst or have like some random experience in class where it literally will cause destruction. So do you... Sorry, that was a lot. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's heavy. Um, Do you feel that it was... Do you feel like it was school that did that? Was it the school environment? Um, Or was it the people running that? Like what... Like what do you what um, do you mean by that? Like I'm not too sure because from my perspective, and from my background, the conclusion not maybe not the conclusion but 
what I draw from that is that like, and I've seen this a lot. Like, oh, yeah. I got it. Like, I mean, your mom was literally a daycare runner for a long time. So like, I, w- I don't know if that. I mean, my experience around kids my age, um, and also just like mixed age groups, which is really beneficial. Yeah. It's something that you don't experience in school. No. Yeah. That's, my, that's like, not encouraged. You're not encouraged. Okay. Well, we'll get. Fuck it. Let's go down this rabbit hole. You know. Um. My. My perspective is like, you weren't allowed to be a kid. That's kind of what you said. No. In that's a way, a, right? That's 100%. But like, the. You're not allowed. Like, I think it's very telling that you, literally put it, in, in terms of, they put you on drugs instead of telling you what not to do. Like the, the, that's kind of what the school system is supposed does. To it's like you aren't allowed to fail; you have to succeed. Yeah. But they don't tell you. You need to like fail a few times before you understand why succeeding is positive. Yeah. Is positive, and even why you should. If like, well, there's, I talk about this with a lot with Ryan, yeah. my co-host. Is it's it's like shouts out to Ryan Brennan. The, the real OG. The, the why. Like, why do you do this? The, the brand, like, no. he's always getting contacted by brands. Mm-hmm. And, and I see it all and, the time. And it's, he's always like, why? Like, and it, I mean, a lot of it's, a lot of the brands out there are, are fraudulent too. So that's the big thing too. So. But like, the big thing is like, why are you doing this? No, yeah. And that, like, I question myself all the time for NNC. It's like, can is I, NNC a good thing? Can I stop you right there with that question? Yeah, um, go ahead. Especially right now with the whole political climate. That's a big thing, um, in my opinion, um, that boils down to figuring out the bottom line, uh, outlining, uh, outlining cause of racism, you know? And I, I'm going to elaborate on this because that, that's very vague to say. Uh, but obviously, people were raised to hate a certain individual or hate a certain group. And most people don't realize... That hatred has to come from somewhere. They're gonna to have to come from a certain situation that they haven't liked or haven't they were in and they felt uncomfortable, you know? So the biggest reason or the biggest thing that I feel like that we need to get to in this nation is the real reason that we were like, okay, we don't like we don't like African Americans, we don't like minorities, and we wanna subsequently put them in slavery in order to seem us superior. The biggest thing is like where you're like why what was the exact underlining situation that happened to cause you to hate all of this one race you know and that's something that a lot of people don't realize that like okay why are we hating these people why what's the reason and unless it's or why i don't think we why do we hate these people it's why does history like why does leading up until i think recently and why it's not the entirety of the population but it's a lot of the it's I I would say the majority of people that want change and want to see, like, just equal rights, period. Um, So just to make that clarification, you know, um, I think what you're saying is super important. Yeah. Um, And connect it back to school maybe is, like, you're not taught the why. You're taught the facts. You're taught the disconnected facts, the events that happened. But you're not taught that slaves, like did a lot of that work. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, I found out something about Harriet Tubman that most people don't realize that, like, you realize Harriet Tubman is not most well-known for freeing slaves in the Underground Railroad. I hope you know that. 
Like she freed a hundred slaves, a hundred plus slaves in the in the underground railroad. But most people don't realize she was the first female African American general in the Civil War. She freed in one of her raids seven hundred plus slaves. It gets even better. She even enlisted most of those slaves to come work in her regiment, and she wasn't even getting paid because she was a woman, and she was African American. That's one badass human. That's why I'm like, let's go. Let's put her on the freaking $20 bill. Let's go. She's a badass. She's the original OG. You know, like, I don't know. Like, a lot of the stuff that, like, we're taught about, like, a lot of these activists, I feel like are, and I don't like using this word, is malarkey. Because a lot of it is like, okay, yes, they did that. But they were well much more known for other shit that they've done well off in history. I mean that kind of boils down to whole like Confederate statues debate too. I think too. it bought. I think it bothered, I think it boils down to the school system controlling what you learn. Like the text, like you, someone actually gets to decide what's in textbooks and what's not. Oh, yeah. and what I've learned That's through an adult edu- too. <laughs> I know what I've with biases, oh, and who knows if the person or people who put together the textbooks are unbiased or not like this is another thing we need to know but through my personal experience where I decided to leave school and educate myself is it's like I can draw from any resource I want now I have to we've we've talked about this very deeply where it's like you need to you have to learn what are credible sources and what are not because that's extremely important as well oh you learn all of that through exposing yourself or being exposed to different ideas yeah. different sources of ideas yep. and how they are they, how they are written how they are portrayed like different sources of media and that's why I think it's really insane what's happening during this quarantine is everyone is having to give me a second yeah, because yeah. like everyone is having to kind of educate themselves in a sense like you know kids aren't going to school necessarily yeah. they're definitely not taking zoom school seriously oh. i've heard tons of stories oh i have too i've seen um, people that literally can like mimic themselves on them and just walk off like, exactly no i agree so it's like people are kind of like if someone wants to find out something about about something you, you have to research it yourself and depending on how diligent you are will depend on how deep you go into how credible the sources yeah. that you're reading are or not like because you really have to yeah. figure out credible sources and because if you're listening to show, the, any any joke can make a website basically like website any, blog and like you can photo, if you have photoshop like skills yeah or and like website design skills you can make anything look really professional i mean just look at scammer calls from like india bro like they literally like we have your family member like do you want to send four thousand dollars to get them out of jail like just create false information and make it seem real and people will believe it. And that's a lot of what's going on in this nation is there's um, a lot of lack of trust of in the media. Like, and I mean, that's rightfully so because of like when we talk about validated sources. Um, but not only that, but there's a lot of our government right now saying, look, that media is not right. And that's never been the case, ever. Like, I've never seen the day and age where our president is saying, Fox News is a hoax. It's fake news. 
Like, I never thought I would see that. I never thought I would see the day where a president uses Twitter than more than he addresses the nation. You know? And well, but that's a different side of it. No, I agree. Because let me, let me talk, like, let me extract, yeah, let me elaborate on that. Because yeah. during, like, 2008, yep. that's when Obama became president. Do you know what also happened that year? Uh, the the iPhone came out. No, the Fine. iPhone came out. Oh, wow. I think that is even more important. Personally, the iPhone came out in 2008. Therefore, people had access to that stuff increasingly throughout Obama's presidency. Yeah. And it has actually integrated into society enough for the president to have his own Twitter and have total control over it, from what it seems. Um, like yeah. today in 2020, today is 7-16-2020, you know? And so I think the technological, like, Advancements have also changed this shit. Because I came out in two thousand and seven, but still, no, I, I completely exactly. Agree. Yeah, almost exactly. Like most people were getting it two thousand eight or yeah. two thousand nine or yeah, two thousand eleven. Exactly. I didn't get an iPhone until like two thousand twelve, I think. No, exactly. I feel like 13, we're the maybe? we're the last generation that is understanding a world without um, constant everyday media, and that's something that's very important because I feel like. I mean, like, look at it. You see, like, we've traveled together. We've seen, like, six-year-olds with straight-up iPads, dude. Like, and we're just... And we both look at each other like, what the what the hell, man? Like, Like, why? it's... Like, they're aliens almost. No, and it's like... And it, it's, it's, it's perpetuated as such norm. Like, it's just like, okay, this kid needs something to learn. I mean, I don't know if you heard about this uh, a couple... Like, a month ago, FDA just approved a, uh, of their first video... Uh, our, uh, medical video game to Hold up. Tr treat autism. Okay. First, before that, let yeah, me address what you just said. Yeah, it's not that these kids need something to like do. Yeah, it's exactly that. Actually, parents aren't willing to put in the work, and so they just hand the kid the phone or the iPad. And that's not what my parents did, and I'm extremely thankful for that. They kept me away from video games and phones until I was like in my teens, and which is the way you and should. I, I, again, I have a strong feeling about telling people what they should and shouldn't do. So I don't want to come off that way. No. But the, from my perspective, you realize that these things are tools instead of just part of your life. And you realize how to sustain yourself without them because we won't always have the power grid. We won't always have yep. internet, like always, anywhere. You won't always have cars to take you around. That's one reason I ride my bike everywhere. Oh, like same. I can fix a fixie and pretty like, much anywhere, anytime. In three seconds. In three seconds. And It'll take me 15 minutes on the side of the road yeah. if anything goes wrong. I wanna, and so I want to go cross country with you at some point. On absolutely, Once, brother. Like, that's something I've, I've been thinking about for a long time considering I see all these people going cross country. Sorry, side note. <laughs> well, all right. No, to add on that as well, uh, I'm going to call people out and this is totally like egotistical but <laughs> y'all who are going across cross country on geared bikes nah bro yeah. alright that's all I'm going to say I, um, I gotta agree in with any you case, no. in any case to, to not to add on that anymore did you see the, the guy that went across no 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 nothing no nothing okay that's the next level <laughs> that, that is fixie fixie though it's a unicycle bro it's literally perpetual it's literally the same as a fixie isn't it I know it's perpetual gear motion okay that guy just put me on the fucking place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. In any case, I'm sorry. In any case. Yeah. That's like, my argument is like, you, yeah. okay. 
and this is totally like me venting probably right. but it's like you need to like when you have a kid that kid is going to pretty much hold your values for the first for the first good portion of their life until they can think clearly and, i mean i can until I, they realize that they're their own person which for some people may never happen no um but for a lot of people for sure happens and then so like to raise a kid is important to to raise a kid with good values and good principles that's good that's like really good it's not to like over control your kid either no like it's just like i'm not tools to understand life in a in a very clear and optical way because a lot of people a lot of like media outlets agree or are on that level where you have to read into it a lot more and internalize a lot more and as somebody that has such a small family and i I can contest this as somebody that just talked to one of my aunts live in a different state um, one of my cousins, my aunt's sister, um, so my dad's brother's sister or daughter, excuse me. Um, uh, during the social, the whole social injustice situation, she's got a thirteen-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a five-year-old. So within that time, she decided to like they're all stuck at home. There's nothing they can do. So she was like. All right, let me get some audiobooks that are within their age level that explains to them what's going on in the nation. Because, I mean, if you're just put their put yourself in their shoes for a second. If you're a 13 year old, you have no knowledge of what's been going on in the nation, no nothing, and you see all of these people protesting the street. What are you gonna think? You know, I can contest this as somebody that was told my birthday was literally the freeing of slaves, dude. My parents told me from a young age that Juneteenth, the parades were for me. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I believed it because I went to one of those parades when I was young and they were like, oh, it's your birthday? And they all started cheering. And that's real easy because when you're little, you're such an impressionable, impressionable person because, frankly, you don't know any better. And you're trusting these people. Yeah, you're the first person I saw. Yeah, I trust you, you know? And until you can rationally think that, like, no, that person's thinkings and values are completely opposite of what I believe in, you're going to think that way. You're going to believe them. You're going to be like, okay, yes, this is this is true. Or maybe not even opposite, which your, your situation is deep, man. Yeah. Um, but just... I see this with like all my friends, including myself. Yeah. Where it's like, I like some of my parents' values, but not all of them, and that's totally cool. Like that's a that's a cool place to be, and that's a great place to be as well. I feel like that's generational uh, evolution, in my opinion. I mean, it's a good way to put it, I guess. It's I mean, just it's, evolution, that's, that's though. The, it's well, not even ge- generational. It is generational in in our life lifespan sense but it's like that's yeah. just evolution it's like you got to take what works and kind of modify it a little bit to make it better and fit your circumstance and that is only because technology is adapting like extremely quickly and the yeah. the technology your parents grew up with is not and there. the circumstances they grew up in are not yours I mean, I can contest to that. My dad, whenever he was a little older, grew up in the 60s, he said that were um, computers up until, like, the 70s were the size of rooms. So, like, that's one of those things. And, I mean, like, where was I going to go with this? Um, one of those things where it's, like, 
Oh, fuck. I forgot where I was going with that. Um, I mean, computers the size of rooms is kind of crazy. Yeah, but, like, think about it this way. Like, okay, if you're, um, if your mom is, your mom is, like, let's just put it this way. Your mom's Republican, your dad's democratical. Like, I'm just going to put a hypothetical situation. Who are you going to listen to more, you know? Because there's obviously going to be two different, two, two different narratives, you know? I would say, to add on to that, is who you will listen to more is probably who you spend the most time with. Yeah. And that is not something that's within your control. Like, you can't just say, hey, I would rather spend more time with dad because I prefer his values. Yeah. Because you're not that aware at that age. Like, you're, you're learning everything. Yeah. And that's, that's why, like, parenting is so important. I knew where I was going. Um, I, where I was going with this, this thought was we're living in an age where everything's constantly changing and everything's pop, uh, constantly be perpetuated as uh, new and like a newer idea of thing. Um, and I feel like a lot of our issues in a nation and I, and I, I could be completely wrong by saying this, but I need to say this because I feel I've felt this a long time. Get it out, dude. But I mean, look at the, look at the Declaration of Independence. When was it written? 1776. When was the last time it is amended? Never. We can amend the Constitution to certain ter- certain laws or certain times that we're in. We have the, the judicial system to deem what the Constitution or the Declaration says is ethical or moral in that situation. But we don't have a way to physically change the document. You know, we don't have a way to be like, okay, this is not obviously pertinent to the times like okay we're not in 1776 they didn't have internet they didn't have phone they didn't have a dial-up dude like think about it that way like if we're gonna change as a nation and as a collective we gotta be able to question those old ideas and challenge them and be willing to change them and i think that's that's gonna be our biggest pitfall as a nation because if we don't challenge the way we think the whole time and I, I can say this from my mom, especially because she's a Republican and a heavy Republican, but um, she's very okay with thinking that the nation's okay. You know, like we're in this one way of thinking. It's been this way the whole time. Let's keep doing it. And I mean, yes, that's great and all, but we live in a society that perpetuates that there needs to be somebody oppressed. And that's really wrong. And I, I frankly think we need to change that, you know? Agreed. And I mean, like, especially, like, uh, the debate where, like, whole Confederate statues, you know? Like, I, I'm not saying I don't think they need to stand, but I think they need to stand in a different place because um, they offend a certain amount of people that are impressionable to a certain extent, and they're going to get to a point where they're going to be like, yeah, I don't stand for this. And a lot of those were built in the 60s when those civil rights laws were enacted to counteract what just happened with slavery like all these african americans and minorities are running into our white industries that have never been in there you know so they're going to feel threatened because their way of life is being changed and i feel like i like that if we don't challenge that we're not going to move forward we're not going to we're not going to have a constant perpetual efficient society and that's i think that's why china is so 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 well off because I mean I don't know if you looked at any of their history but when the Mongolians left China and they moved to Mongolia they took a lot of their history they took a lot of their history away from China China doesn't have a lot of their history they're working a lot of their what they're doing right now is off what's doing with the times 
And that's why they're doing so good. I don't know if you always hear like China's ahead of us in math and science, you know, like it's every other year they're ahead of us in a different, a different, um, a different like uh, field. Yes. And to, to kind of play devil's advocate is that like, they're also doing unethical things mm -hmm. in, within their country. And so it's like, I'm not saying that there's, but, but going back to what we were, we began this podcast with was like, there's a dichotomy to everything that there's like a pro and a con to everything. It's like, yes, they are making incredible progress at what cost that they, they're not treating their, the people of their country properly. Cause and effect room. they're also trying to divide people based on their beliefs. And so like, who you know? It's I'm not even. It's not my place to say whether I mean, that's good or not. I feel not personally that it's that it's not ethical. But yeah. for progress, like the progress is good, and I, we in America feel the like reap the the fruit of their labor, which includes immoral acts. Oh yeah. And so there's this there's this deep dichotomy to everything we do, mm -hmm. and. I really like maybe bringing it to back to sustainability to just to like kind of bring it back to a positive note in a sense where like this is what we can do is like sustainability made yeah. in America. If you're in America, you should buy American things. You should we should fabricate everything that we need and use in America. Yeah, and we should well, sustain. We should be able to sustain. This is totally hypothetical. No, and, I'm, I'm gonna add on. And that like you know my almost dream as it were you know maybe not to put it in such dramatic terms but it's like exactly. sustainability every country knows how to sustain itself on its own and if they like literally cannot then i feel like no, when no. i first heard of the un like that's that's the job i thought i no, was like so they just go fix places no, you know not. i was young when i learned that but like yeah. and i thought that it was like so they just they just go fix places like we need that but we actually need it to work and we need everything to work. Obviously not possible at this, mm -hmm. at like, like in the immediate future. Mm -hmm. um, but just kind of to tie things all together. What mm -hmm. were you going to say? I kind of lost my thought, but um, we were talking about, what were we talking about? The betterment of the human race. Completely forgot what I was going to say. It's all good, man. I mean, mm. I feel like, you know, I feel like we touched a lot of really good things right there. We touched a lot um, in the, like, literally a short span. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what's cool about jumping on the podcast is mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I got to talk from myself. I told you that before the mm -hmm. before we started recording. Mm -hmm. I was like, once we start hit, hitting record, I kind of become my own entity. Like, mm -hmm. I am my own person. Mm -hmm. And obviously that makes sense, but I'm, like, when I'm not recording and mm -hmm. I'm just hanging out with friends yeah. specifically you as of right now yeah. right it's like you know I'm, I'm just like everything is between us and then when the podcast tur turns on it's like everything yeah. is between us and, and the podcast and whoever and listens, listens to, to it. it yeah and it's like it just it changes things it and puts it's not a better it's not worse no it's just a different dynamic exactly what you're gonna say I was gonna say like it, it makes you it makes you question what you're going to say because obviously like all of us have that radical thinking in our brains and I mean they're going to be left or right no matter what I mean that's how that nation our nations run um, or run on two different parties 
And I mean, I'm sorry if you're an independent. I mean, they still exist. Hashtag Bernie for life. Um, but um, I feel like until we can come to a systematic agreement to where we're all running on a system of, all right, we're all going for the betterment of our nation and the betterment of the well-being of humans. We'll be well better off because, I mean, like, right now, I don't know if you were hearing about all the whole thing where it's like, um, due to COVID, like, a lot of women can't get abortions. They can't get abortions because it's deemed medically, medically, um, uh, not suited right now because it, it's, we need more doctors. But a lot of that is coming from, which sucks to say this, is white males saying this and they've never once had a menstrual cycle in their, their life. They've never once had a, um, had a, had a period or like anything, you know, like they've never, they've never felt that. They, they don't were, understand that side of things. Yeah. They don't put themselves in their shoes. And that's what I, I that's what I it kind of boils down to where I was talking about like, People being okay with everything going the way it is, you know, like America runs on the the system that is everything is okay. We're gonna get through this, you know, and I mean that works sometimes, but I mean essentially what you're doing is you're burying your head in the sand, and you're just waiting for things to happen, and I feel like as America we don't realize how aggressive we are as a nation because we are very aggressive, and I don't know if you realize this, but. Um, I actually remember what I was going to talk about. I don't know if you realize this, but do you realize what the number one cause of our economy growth is? Or the biggest cause of our economy growth is? What is it? War. Oh, yeah. I totally... And that's that's what's great <laughs> about it. It's like, think about it. We live in a society that's perpetuated around war. Like, look at Afghanistan. When 9-11 happened, which I'm not trying to say 9-11 was good, but it it definitely sucked. America woke up. America was like, okay, we all kind of collectively agree, Democratical and Republicans can agree that let's let's say fuck those people over there and let's go invade them because they just attacked us, you know? And that hadn't been done in a while since like World War II. Um, and I don't think most people realize that our, our economy is really based off war. And I mean, I don't know if you realize like whenever we're in a war, like other industries such as like GM... Um, a lot of like the mooner companies will start producing stuff that they normally would not produce and thus bringing more jobs, more equity, more wealth, more prosperity to an economy. And I feel like until we get away from that, we're not going to have prosperity, prosperous economy because I don't know if you've seen, but our, our biggest boom was in like the sixties. Like we had our baby boomers, but that was around World War Two. Like we had all these GIs coming back from the war, including my, my, my parents then had a kid. Had a kid. They're like, I missed you so much. Let's have a let's have a freaking kid. Like and I mean I'm not saying that it's bad. Like I wouldn't be here, you probably wouldn't have been here, you know? But that being said, that if you perpetuate a, an economy around war, and there's no war around, there's there's gonna be a lot more issues. People are gonna be like what the fuck? Like, why is this going on still? And that's what we're seeing right now. We've pulled out of uh, Afghanistan. We pulled out of a lot of these places and then we had COVID happen. And now people are like, oh shit, we have a massive, massive social injustice in the middle of our nation. We need to fix this because this has been going on since literally the sixties. Like when we had all these stuff like enacted. 
all these civil rights laws. And until we realize that and put the, the knowledge that we have and the knowledge that is actually supposed to be in textbooks and teach our youth that this is what happened, this is why it happened, this is actually what happened, this is the people that are involved, and not try to bury shit that we're not going to move forward because we're going to just keep perpetuating that, oh, yeah, this is okay. This is that. It's fine. And it'll go back to that, you know? And, I mean, to a certain extent, it will if we get into another war. But, frankly, I don't want to see another war. I don't – I as a person that loves this nation, even though how screwed up it is, I don't want to fight and die for this nation. I, I, I hate to say that, but I don't. Like, I don't, I don't like think fi- you should have to hate to say that. But, you know? I mean, like, we live in a nation where at 18, you have to sign up for the draft. I mean, I didn't. Draft otter. Hi. <laughs> totally. <laughs> something that really, can like, something that made me really start thinking was that, so we, like, you said that our economy is kind of driven on off war. Yep. Now, you know, a lot of that makes sense to me yep. for a lot of reasons. I won't go into that right now. Yep. What I'm trying to say is that, like, <sighs> this is my perspective, is that we've used a lot of the same tactics that, yep. that we use abroad yep. with our police force against protesters here in the United States during these Black Lives Matter protests. I mean, like, look, look at... But wait, wait, let, yeah, me, ex- let me go into this. Yeah. I've listened to Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, the, the book they did together that's called Extreme Ownership. Yeah. It's about ownership and leadership, most importantly, and foremost. Mm-hmm. But they tell a lot of war stories. And through those war stories, I learned that oh, one of the Navy, Ste- Navy SEALs tactics and just probably U.S. Army tactics in general is um, clear and secure. I don't oh, yeah. remember the exact term, but it's basically they clear blocks, secure the blocks, and move on to new blocks. Yep. And I've seen those exact tactics by cops yep. performed by police, police forces here in the United States, yep. like in Washington, D.C., not personally, but on video, yep. performed on U.S. citizens. And I think that's... I think that's... Like it, it, to extrapolate that a little further is like we we haven't we've focused so externally as a country like we're the best we're gonna fix the world like we're gonna go into these war torn areas and fix them and then we use that same exact mentality on disobedient citizens who actually are fighting for a real cause yeah some some of these some protesters you know looters and like. Not every protester has good motives, but for the overall good, people demonstrating in the streets is fucking phenomenal. I fully support support it. it. But I think, personally, I feel that that's a, it's been such a huge error and it's such a telling, it's such a telling thing that we, like, the way we treat our fucking, oh God, like, when, when people go, like, when Navy SEALs go into a building, yeah. they have to worry about not killing their own people. Or civilians. Or civilians. No. So they have to not shoot. 
and they have to like take that into consideration um, when they go into buildings and clear them. Like yeah. you have to wait until the until you know that that is an enemy to shoot them, yeah. and they are they have to be attacking you. Otherwise, you're going to take them captive so that you can learn from them. Yeah, exactly. We you don't see that with our police force. No, no. With our police force who are, who is interacting daily with our no, no. with the citizens of this United States. I know you know. I'm pissed about it. No, I agree. You I'm, know, I'm gonna boil this down to one thing, and I, I've said this over this whole social injustice thing. It's it is cops using pseudo military tactics on civilians, untrained, untrained. And I mean, the biggest thing where it boils down to is a lot of this. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. We run on an economy of war. So if there's not a war, what do you think those? Uh, what do you think a lot of those companies are gonna do to make? Weapons for they're gonna make weapons for the police, but but the same on the same note, extract like using that same logic on the police level is the police only like the police forces only stay afloat and they only stay funded when they make a quota of people pulled over and people people are speeding jail. people in jail like the the prison the prison system spots. is only only stays afloat if they actually fill the cells that they have, which means there's. There's a motive to filling those cells because it's a business because we're in a capitalist society. So, mm-hmm. you know that there's another angle on what's going, what's wrong with what, what's going on. I I know that a lot of people know these things, and I'm just voicing it. Yeah, but I mean, like a lot of this, uh, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, but like a lot of things with the podcast is that people have a lot of information, and. <laughs> A lot of that information is, I mean, very valid, and I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying that a lot of people are too ex- too afraid to voice their opinion because they're afraid everyone else, whatever everyone else is going to think. And, and how I definitely, feel. I definitely don't care what people think, yeah. but if they do feel that I am wrong, then, then just tell me. Tell me, and let's have a conversation about it. Let's Instead see why. of you trying to get mad at me or me trying to get mad at you, mm-hmm. like... That's, the that's same what situation. I always tell you. Like, yeah. I see something that you're doing that annoys me, and like, I tell you. Yeah, exactly. And same thing, likewise. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I'm not trying to fucking like I'm not trying to change you. I'm not trying to. No, you're like, just trying to make me aware. I'm just. This is something that's not. I'm not comfortable with, and yeah. you, and I want you to know that. Mm-hmm. And that's because friendship is a two way street. Mm-hmm. And this is something Michaela Peterson talked about on her podcast, where it was like. You have to make new friends, but you also have to like communicate with the people that you that you know. Mm-hmm. And if you can't communicate them, then you need to cut that cut that tie mm-hmm. either temporarily or permanently. No, that's and it's something like, we're talking about with, with our my friend that we we're talking about earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. No, no I, agree. I mean like that's what it open conversation. It it's something that we shouldn't even have to can like I, can I interject one thing from that? Open me, conversation is very important, but I feel like if you don't have that open conversation with yourself, you're not gonna have an open conversation with other people. I don't know. I don't know about you, but that's that is a phenomenal point, and I'm super glad you brought it up. It's deep, and it's it's very vague by saying that. It's not vague. Is it okay? In my opinion, okay. To extrapolate it a little bit further out, is yeah. it's like you can't love someone until you like. Love yourself. Let's, until you love yourself. Yep. But let's let's kind of use a metaphor for it, where, where it's like, you have to fill your cup en- enough to where it overflows, and then you can actually overflow into other people's cups. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, 
But that's a perpetual thing. Like, that's not one thing. Like, you fill your cup permanently and then you're mm. good. It's like, that's what's weird about it is because, like, we're so aware as humans. Mm-hmm. Like, we can remember our past. We can think about the future. We can be aware in the present. And it's so it's like, mm-hmm. you can fill your cup for a day or a week or a few minutes or mm-hmm. just a, a few seconds even. And it, it can leave. So it's like, it's that, it's a perpetual thing yeah that you have to work on maybe well um, i mean you think about it this way a cup half empty is not going to be the same as a cup the cup that's full so as long as you keep your cup full all the time and constantly work on that you're gonna you're gonna have a constant um stream of knowledge coming from your friends because you're not gonna you're not gonna second guess yourself before you say something you're gonna be confident and decisive on what you're gonna say, if that makes sense. Like, you're not gonna be like, oh, well, I don't I don't mess with that idea because of uh, certain reasons, and then don't explain because that, you don't exactly know what those reasons are, but you feel them. Yeah. And I, I hate to say this term because it's, it's such a funny term, but it, it basically boils down to a half-baked situation where you're, you're, you're you're willing to talk about it, but you're not willing to act. And that's, it's, it's hard to say this, but it's a lot of this nation and a lot of my generation because we are perpetuated behind screens and we're perpetuated behind instant gratification. And within that, we have a lot of people being like, hey, look, I'm doing all this activism work, but really they're just out there to put on a facade so they don't seem like that person that was in hindsight being that like really radical person that really shouldn't be doing what they should have been doing you know and i mean not to say that we all have those certain situations but well sometimes you take on action before you're ready i that's something that's extremely pertinent to myself we were having a conversation about that earlier by the water and where it's like you tell people around you who are close to you about something that you're excited about before yep. you actually start it, yep. which, which then, through my mind, makes me feel like I've half done it before I've actually started. And we were talking about how like maybe it's actually more beneficial if you internalize internalize it, it start it, and then tell people that you've started it. And it's like it's a small thing. If, if something else works for you do it no, you know I'm, I'm not telling people what to do i'm not telling you what to do but yeah. like for me that's a really good practice that's that's like that's something to become aware of i guess i'm gonna elaborate on that only thing because i mean as somebody that we were talking about the whole cycling industry but um as somebody that has been in uh, um a scene that is very um i even hate to say this word egotistical um to a certain extent where everyone is worried about what they have and how they look. Um, personally, as a person that has tried to set up things um, and like certain things that just seem very outlandish and that seem like very crazy, I tell people that I want to do them before I have it actually like written down and like planned out. And people are like, "No, you're 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 nuts. You're stupid for doing that." And like, it really deters me because I'm like, "Okay." I need to think about this and I haven't thought about it to a certain extent. And I feel like that's a lot of our nation because people are like, all right, let's just do because if you look at like, look at Instagram for Pete's sake, 
you post a photo of you at a protest and everyone's gonna be commenting like, oh, hell yeah, show, show your support, Black Lives Matter, like, but not necessarily saying that that person directly aligned with Black Lives Matter or directly aligned with the movement. They're just out there trying to put on a facade sometimes, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I feel that. It's like, um, like that's a, that's one reason why I really haven't. I've I've tried to. I definitely reposted a bunch of stuff like when. When. A lot of things were at its were at their height, mm-hmm. um, and like directly after, George Floyd's death. Oh, yeah. I absolutely I I absolutely did and continue to feel passionately, but I. F- I've definitely stayed off social media and trying to post about everything that happened. Yeah. Everything that happened is kind of a generalization. I don't mean it like that. Yeah. But I'm really trying to internalize what, how I feel, what I feel. And what it does to make you feel that way, exactly. Yeah, what's, what's built me up to feel, feel the, ways that, the ways that I do about race. Um, and just trying to work through that it's not something that takes a day a week a no. month it's like i'm i've been working on this for a long time i'm well, really becoming aware of it recently oh, yeah. and i think that's a big part of it um i'm just gonna add on to that really quick yeah totally i i hate to bring race into this but we're already talking about i know it. Don't, but personally don't as a as a yeah, white as a white male um and as a per- society that's perpetuated around white males, uh, I feel like, and it's it, some people might feel the same way. Is a lot of it is we're coddled to a certain extent that like, oh look, we're in that society. We're in that society already. We're okay. We're gonna be okay. Like, it's gonna be okay. They're gonna they're gonna go back. It's gonna it's gonna backfire. And I mean like, some certain extent, it's kind of that same mentality of like, <laughs> bury your head in the sand. Like, everything's gonna be fine. I feel that on a level that's really weird, and it's because I'm brown. Yeah, exactly. And it's because I grew up in a neighborhood that is predominantly white, white. and that's it has. How we met, dude. Yeah, I mean, we live. We, we grew live. up around the corner from each other. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's to say our our neighborhood is predominantly predominantly white is not like it's not a vast generalization or anything. It's like it is a truth, yep. and. It, old, it has a certain culture. Older white people, essentially. So basically, well, boomers. Until recently. Yeah, up for until sure. recently. Yeah, it's, until equity. Everything's changing, you know? Yeah. But like, yeah. okay, let, let me get this out, though. Is yeah, It's like, it was... <laughs> I grew up with a, a, a white mom and a brown dad. Yeah. And for, I, I was so... Like, I was surrounded by white kids. Yeah. I've been surrounded by white kids for a lot of my life. Um, I've been just white people in general. And like, until probably I was 15, I almost identified as white. Oh, yeah. Which is like, not a, it's weird to say. It's weird to externalize. We've had this conversation before too. I want to say it on the podcast. Yeah, we had this conversation about like how we talked about like, I mean, I hate to say this, and then it's a very bad generalization, but white sorority girls we both kind of like got to a point where, where we, we don't mess with them because it's like they're in such a professional society where it's like it's not something that we like you know i i don't know if uh, okay i i don't know if i want to go down that rabbit hole and i, I either, feel I'm, i, I just feel don't... i feel 
cautious with you saying we in that situation. Sorry, no, I mean, I totally. I, yeah. What what I was gonna say is like, I came to like this this weird point where I was like, I'm gonna be brown forever. Like this this life, it's that's, totally that's so again, fucked. That's so fucked. It's fu- that's yeah. why I laughed. I'm sorry to it's all good. No, that, no. but no, that's why I laughed because that's really fucked up. Like that should not be a thing. That should sorry. not be a thing. But no. it's like it's totally something I thought. It's like perpetuated throughout our nation. Like, yeah, I mean, look at like kids. Have you seen that video of that black kid that uh, was? Excuse me, Afri- African American kid that was sitting um, in this back in his in his front yard playing basketball. I saw that, and, he, and like a cop car rolled by and he hid behind his car. Yep. Like we should not be perpetuating a nation where young kids. I mean, like I grew up like that, dude. I did too, dude. Like I'm I'm not gonna lie. I had family members that were cops, but like I'm at the point right now where I, as a white male, I fear literally getting pulled over by anybody. Like, it's just, like, one of those things because... Well, by a cop, that's... The well, only... like, the only person that can believe it. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things that's, like, they perpetuate such a negative narrative in what they do, and I hate to say that at all, but their narrative is there to serve and protect. And, frankly, I feel like they have not done that. They really just profile and... Profile and, and antagonize, in my opinion. Like, obviously, they'll, like, if there's a crime going on in a white neighborhood, they're going to be there in, like, three seconds, obviously. But, that being said, if it's a crime with another white person and a minority, they're going to be there, like, three times as fast. Because they're selective on who they want to they wanna pick up. Like, if they're going to go to, like, a an obvious minority neighborhood, they're going to have a preset uh, judgment of what they're going to do. They're going to be like, okay, we're going into this dangerous, sketchy area, and that's... I mean, that can be the case sometimes, can be a case a lot of the times. But that's what comes, that's where the that's conversation what, shifts towards training. Yeah, perpetuate a different mentality. That's all you gotta do. Just think of them as humans, and then you'll be able to realize that these people are just like you. Humans, and me. but also your job is to diffuse the, the yeah. situation be instead of escalate it. Yep. Not a therapist. That, that's, that's going too far. Okay. Personally. Okay, no, I agree. Um, but their their job is absolutely to de-escalate situations instead of escalate them. Can and I ask you a question? That's on not that? that's not what they do. No, yeah, I agree. What's your question? Do you think um, Do you think we should go um, to the mentality of like Europe or like uh, England specifically, where cops don't have guns, and the only guns that are allowed are hunting rifles for hunting? So I haven't done enough research into how that's played out in the UK There's, to actually to, wait, wait, yeah, but to, to speak confidently yeah. like me myself looked over that information what I can say is that I you know I feel like if we took guns away from cops and we only gave them tasers they or would like probably abuse they would probably abuse tasers they may abuse batons batons I I really think the the answer is like finding new jobs for a lot of the police force nationally, yeah. which is, again, like, Hard. Some, that's really optimistic. Yeah. That's something that probably won't happen. But, like, mm. and then training. Like, I really believe in training. No, I, I do. really do, do believe in going through the right processes and then having to prove yourself regularly. Because yeah. that's, like, that's I mean, what... treat it like a pilot. If you you got to do a biannual fire review, that's how pilots do. If you got to prove that you still have the guts and still have the make to... Fly a plane with hundreds of people in it. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, agree. But so that's kind of where I see 
things going in the best scenario, I don't have a real idea of where things are going to go from here. And that's a lot of the thing is, is like I can contest to as my mom being a really avid Republican. Um, she asked me a couple weeks ago, but considering I'm, I'm a youth and I've, I, I've been following a lot of this stuff, she asked me, it's just like, what do you think about like the whole, like, fuck the police movement? And I'm like, okay, I believe in it, but to a certain extent, I've only believed in it to the extent where I think they need to be reformed, figure out the people that are bad, train them and see if they can be trained to a point where they can actually do their job legitimately and efficiently. And if they're not, figure out a subsequent way to get them another job or like, and I hate to say this, fire them because... But also figure out a system in which we can actually do that as the people. We need to get Because them we don't training. have that kind of power as the people right now. I don't know if you've looked at the, the memes that have been going around, but it takes six hours to become cop. Six hours to train. Yeah, and then you don't have to actually... It takes 17 hours to, or like 32 hours to become a barber. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those memes. And I'm just like, to it. Yeah, it's and I mean, hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Like, obviously, if you're gonna do a job where you get a gun, you get a badge, that, you get authority, you gotta teach them how to use that authority because that, they're gonna abuse it really quick. That's hilarious to me because I've been working on myself. Like, I can. It's a weird, a weird way to put it, but like, I've been conscious of why you would want to work on yourself, and yeah. I've been actively working towards it for like. More than two, maybe three years. Yeah. And I still don't feel like I would ever be in the proper position. Like, in the next five years, I don't feel like I would be in the proper position to become a cop. Yeah. And they go through six hours of training. Yeah. You don't know where the hell they are in their personal development before that. Or their There's psyche. no real test. Or their psyche. Or their, well, personal development. Actually, I feel they, like do, they do take a psychological test when they do. But that, and there, there's ways to cheat that. But that's one... Fucking, if you're aware that you are weird and psychotic, yeah. but you are aware that you have to pass this test, there are easy ways to, to pass it. Yeah. To pass it. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, like the biggest so I, way we gotta perpetuate this is we gotta get them better training and better ad- adequate. Um, I think knowledge. reform. Reform was the per, the the word that I heard that was really good, and I think that should happen, both in our education system, in our like our. First food thing, system or healthcare system. Our education system. Our, our like if we perpetuate in our education system, it's going to do so much better because I don't know if a lot of it, a lot of people realize, and especially this kind of boils down to the boomer situation where like boomers are a lot of a lot of the reason like we are having the perpetual situation we have because they have such a big weight on this nation, but most people don't realize that it really only takes one generation. You got to teach, and then it. It is a literal waiting game. You just have to wait for those people to either, I hate to say this, die off because my mom and dad are both boomers, or become woke to the, and I hate to say that as well because that's another generalized term, um, woke to the idea that everything's not going to be your sun, sunflowers and rainbows and like we're going to have some dark times. We're going to have some time where we're going to have to be like, okay, what are we going to do about this? Like, this is not okay. Like we got to, we got to challenge the think we, the way we're thinking. And I know we perpetuate that with like, okay, people like, Oh, that man did wrong. We got to charge him and go through a lawsuit and all that. That's, that's perfectly fine. But we got to have a system that can hold our law enforcement accountable because our law enforcement are kind of those weird caveat of, of the nation where they're like, yes, we are there to serve and protect. 
but there's nothing to serve and protect us from them. And that's no way are the runners unless unless you get to unless you get to a judicial system and you have a lawyer. You still you still can't fight that. Yeah. So I think that's a beautiful way to end it. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah, dude. No worries. Well, as always. NNC Pod. Peace, y'all. Get some.